Hi there. I'm Dr. Akshita Desai. I'm an endocrinologist consulting at Apex Hospital, Jalandhar. At the outset, I'd like to thank Lupin for giving me this opportunity to reach out to all of you. I'm excited to discuss an interesting approach to a rather mundane case that most of us see every day. So let's hear about Seema, a 45-year-old lady who has had diabetes for the last three years. She initially resorted to herbal remedies, which didn't help. She remembers her initial A1C was 8.9. She recalls being started on metformin, 500 milligrams twice daily, and with the addition of Zumba and diet, was able to lose 4 kgs. The A1C decreased to 7.9 in 6 months. Delighted as she was, but the doctor wanted to increase the medicine. She was put on a higher dose of metformin. Just as she was about to follow up, the pandemic happened. She has since continued metformin. And today, finally, mastered the courage to see a doctor. Her other medical history, apart from type 2 diabetes for three years, includes a diagnosis of hypothyroidism, which she's had for five years. She lives independently, works as a marketing executive, does Zumba five times a week, tries to eat healthy, has an occasional glass of wine on the weekend, and denies any other illicit drugs. Her medications include metformin, 1000 milligrams twice daily, and levothyroxine, 100 micrograms once daily. On examination, you see a middle-aged woman, slightly anxious, obese, at, with a BMI of 32 kilograms per meter square, Blood pressure is 150 over 100 millimeters of mercury. She's quick to tell you that she's not a hypertensive, but her blood pressure was just on the higher side today. Her heart rate is 85 beats per minute, sinus and regular. She's afebrile with a normal oxygen saturation. You look at her blood test, you see an HbA1c of 8.5. EGFR is 88 mils per minute. LDL is 115 milligrams per deciliter, HDL of 34, triglycerides 150, the TSH is 1.7 million national units per liter, transaminases are normal. So essentially, we have a 45-year-old lady here with uncontrolled type 2 diabetes, hypertension, obesity, hypothyroidism, and CKD stage 2. This lady is clearly not meeting her glycemic goals and intensification of treatment is often delayed in these cases. Seema feels guilty about not being able to control her sugars. It is not at all uncommon for us physicians to see patients walking into our clinics with not so good control. So making a simple request, every time you see a poor glycemic profile, our aim should be to optimize it at the earliest possible. So please, let's set an A1C goal for every patient we see and reach it in three months and stay there. So first, when the A1C is more than 1.5% above your set goal for that particular patient, start combination therapy early because single oral agents rarely give us significant A1C reduction. So why do early initiation of combination therapy? So that we achieve glycemic goals earlier, 
so that we're able to postpone therapeutic in a clinical inertia so that we delay the deterioration of glycemic control and so that we're potentially able to preserve beta cell function so rationale for combination treatment in type 2 diabetes is because with a combination of agents we're able to target multiple metabolic effects so remember the ominous octet where we have at least eight different pathophysiological defects in type 2 diabetes so if you think of a combination of an sglt2 inhibitor and a tpp4 uh, inhibitor we are actually able to target six out of those eight defects so theoretically you're targeting a larger proportion of the disease while using combination therapy you're able to prevent progression progression of disease you're able to preserve beta cell function longer by lowering the hba1c you're able to reduce the risk of microvascular complications and combination therapy has a much more durable response monotherapy invariably fails in the long term so we look at the adopt trial medication failure rate at 5 years with rosiglitazone 15% metformin 21% glyburide 34% now this does not mean that sima failed in treating her disease no one fails this disease it's just that we are not matching up to the treatment we're not matching our treatment up to the level of their disease clinical inertia due to the clinician's fear of hypoglycemia has led to significant proportion of population to remain in poorly controlled glycemia in fact a recent retrospective study also showed us that on an average in patients with a1c more than 7% it took 3 years to intensify treatment from one to two oral agents quite pathetic isn't it early intensive glycemic control leads to better outcomes not only a reduction in microvascular complications but also a legacy effect so for patients with inadequate glycemic control or metformin with an a1c of more than 1.5% above target addition of a single pill combination of empagliflozin and dinucleptin might be all it takes to achieve optimum glycemic control while making sure we're keeping the pill burden low see metformin is not tolerated this combination of empagliflozin and dinucleptin can even be considered as a first line treatment particularly in those with an a1c of more than 1.5% above target In fact, according to recent ADA guidelines, treatment goals involve the control of glycemia and cardiovascular risk factor management and a patient-centered approach to care. So the choice of pharmacological agents now taking into account comorbidities like CHF, like CKD, like obesity, risk of hypoglycemia, impact on the weight, cost, potential for side effects and other patient preferences. Clinical evidence shows us that sglt2 dpp4 combination in addition to providing hba1c reduction of up to 1.5% also gives us weight reductions of approximately 2 kg synadron to metformin this combination has the promise of cardiovascular benefit with the positive efficacy data of on empagliflozin to back it and consistent cardiovascular safety data of linagliptin the combination has also shown to have reduced incidence of genital mycotic infections as compared to sglt2 inhibitors alone likely due to the dpp4 inhibition in fungi 
So back to our patient Seema, considering we have an A1C of 8.5 here, the goal set for her is up to 6.5. So we can add a single pill combination of empalina onto metformin, which will not only control her blood sugars, but also help her lose weight and have a positive effect on blood pressure. And with her CKD stage 2, will also help maintain the creatinine and the GFR stable for a long time. She needs to, however, be advised about personal hygiene and maintaining hydration, which is absolutely essential. She will also need the addition of a statin to get her LDL to goal and she can be maintained on her levothyroxine because her she is biochemically euthyroid. So friends, set an A1C goal for every patient. Reach it as soon as possible and stay there. Also, don't forget blood pressure, lipids, weight and cardiorenal protection. Thank you for a patient hearing.